Hey, Close Monday listeners, you can find us every Wednesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. When I had my first restaurant, one of the biggest challenges I had was attempting to grow the business while running the existing units. If this sounds like you, don't you wish you had an expert to help guide you and navigate the challenges that you face? Well, Four Turns is here to help. They're the nationwide restaurant growth advisory firm. They know the restaurant industry because they've owned and operated their own establishments. They've worked with restaurants of all shapes and sizes, from independent mom and pops to fast casual chains to bars to nightclubs and fine dining establishments. Our team of experienced consultants can help you with everything from marketing and branding to operations and financial planning. And unlike a lot of other consultants that maybe you spoke to before, this is not a, a one-size-fits-all solution. We're not just dropping spreadsheets and, and videos on you that we think works for everybody. That's not the case. Instead, we take the time to understand your unique challenges and goals and then tailor our approach to meet your needs. We're sitting side-by-side side with you at the conference table, maybe, maybe on a Zoom or, or Microsoft meetings, but you know what I mean. We're right there with you. We will provide the support and expertise you need to take your business to the next level. Now, for some of you, next level could be just, you know, fix the existing operations of the current unit. For some of you, it may be growing to 100 units. Either way, we're going to ride shotgun with you in the car to make it happen. So if you're ready to take the next step, why don't you jump on a free call? Click the link in my bio over on Instagram or in the bottom of the show notes and schedule a free call. And we will just figure it out together, figure out what your needs are. And look, our goal is not to have these one-off consulting jobs. Our goal is to help you get to where you want to go. So like I said, if it's just improve your existing operations or to grow to multiple units or start to franchise or say, hey, we want to build the 10 units and sell this thing, that's what we're going to help you do. So click the link in the show notes, head over to Instagram, click the link in my bio and set up your free call today. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Close Monday. It is Friday, April 7th. And my next guest is somebody who... You know, we actually met on Clubhouse. Back in the day, Clubhouse, when we were all locked in, Clubhouse kind of blew up. And it was um, at that time when all of us restaurant folks were kind of just connecting and trying to find out what was going on and what everybody was doing. And he was in all the rooms I was in. And I was, I don't know, man, we didn't get into this on the podcast, but Jason Berkowitz is one of the partners at Takaya Organica, which is one of the concepts that I was admiring from a distance for a long time. Would love to work with them, but they, they, they got their real estate stuff locked down. But I always admired their business from afar. And I think, Jason, I think if you check your, your junk folder from back in the day, you might have an email or two from me in there. But we didn't get into that. I didn't share that. But we, we connected in real life at the Toast Spark LA event out in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. And he and I were both like, hey, you know, we should just get out of here and go get like – some omakase or go to a steakhouse or do something. Let me, let me show you around the city. And I was like, I'm down, dude. But it's just too, just a little too tight of a time frame for me. You know, I didn't want to, didn't want to ditch out on the toast team who had been uh, so gracious with having us out there. So, um, but next time there's always next time. Right. And I'm sure I can probably uh, convince him to come this way. And we can do a little East coast, West coast food tour, which I'm always down for. But uh, my next guest is, Jason Berkowitz, currently the CEO and founder of Arrow Up Training, a restaurant safety, compliance, and leadership 
in one easy toolkit. It's a really cool platform. You guys got to check out their website. It'll be linked in the show notes. Uh, their programs have become standard practice for independent restaurants, top companies, and large-scale corporations. Jason has opened over 50 restaurants, created training programs for some of the top global chefs, served as the vice president of operations for Umami Burger, COO and partner for Tokaya Organica and Toka Madeira, and is a founding board member for the Independent Hospitality Coalition in Los Angeles. And he is also the host, the host. He's also the author of one of my favorite named titled books of all time. Please don't sleep with the host and 49 other tips for managing a profitable, functional, functional, functional restaurant. Let's try that again. Please don't sleep with the host and 49 other tips for managing a profitable, functional restaurant. There we go. This is Jason Berkowitz. Enjoy. Um, well, thank you for jumping on with me in spite of your... Uh... Near it was fun. Years. Nothing like getting a, a, a little bit of drama right before the moment to pump the blood. So, right, lost power, sat down, ready to talk to yeah. you, geeked out, excited, yeah. all coffeeed up. Boom, lights turn off. <laughs> the world reminds us of like, okay, you know, it's funny. And I was saying is, it's just, what's great is how I literally turn into operator mode of what's the checklist? Oh, Yeah. You're like, what do we do in this situation? But that's that's the thing. Restaurant yeah. people can handle shit on the fly. A lot of people can't. A lot of people bug out in that moment. I would have gotten 35 phone calls. Yeah, that's why. I, I, yeah, I, yeah it, and it's fun. I, I, and I'll talk to people that come in the ranks or, or just that I work with. And I'm like, look, I, I won't speak of other professions, right? I can't imagine the health industry or various things like that live. But to be an operator and to commit to being an operator is to wake up every day and just waiting to see how long until you get kicked in the groin. It's coming. And doing you wake up. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's one of those things where every day you're like, oh, I feel good today. I'm on top of everything. I placed my orders. The schedules are done. I checked with the hostess. Everything's right. good. And then what happens? The fucking lights go out. The grease trap backs up. The yeah, the delivery guy can't come. They didn't pay, pay. They didn't get the check for the delivery. So now the guy's waiting outside. Like uh, completely. And, and it was. And I remember there was an assistant that I worked with, or, or assistant <laughs> manager that was working with me for me. I was the GM, and and I asked her to get the schedule done. Gave a couple of days notice, and she was, she was like, but I but two people called out today, and then the Wi-Fi had to be rebooted. Then, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's why I only had the one thing and not seven things. Cause I'm assuming there are all these other things that are going to happen. And restaurants, it can't be like turning in a term paper at the end. You got to knock the things off the list while you can, because shit is coming. Yeah. Winter is coming. I never even watched that show, but it still That's makes a, sense to me. That, <laughs> me neither. I never watched one episode of that but i know exactly what you mean i am um, yeah you have to have that reflex where you're like all right this is too chill let's we got to go do something go do inventory go do this go do that because yeah it's always yeah it's always and and so in thinking about right what? productivity from this is is to be leaning on your front toes not not your back heels it's it's something's here be prepared for it and get ahead of it which i love what was what 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 was your first entrance first 14 burger king lied about my age in cleveland ohio because i just 
I just was like, I got to work there, Ma. <laughs> She's like, really? I got to work there. I got I to like, do it. I love the French toast sticks. And that was it. Funny. And I like the Whoppers too. We, But I grew up in my family businesses. I'm the fourth generation funeral director's son. So I am wow. coming over 100 years, our funeral home. So to me, hospitality was ingrained in bread. It was, it was part of my life. It was watching. It was learning these lessons of go pick up that piece of paper on the floor because your name's on the building. It was washing cars at 10 years old. Um, I was there every Saturday washing cars. Um, and I think I liked it. There wasn't much of a vibe that I could could kind of jive with. Yeah. Not a lot of ambiance. Uh, there was something not soothing about it. I don't know. But, but the crew was funny. You know what I mean? The crew just, just, you had all, this is a dark group of people, right? Their, their humor is off and, and I'm not in the front office. I'm in the, I'm in the garage, right? Where you're, I'm a porter there. I'm, I'm, I'm putzing around with people and like, uh, which was pretty awesome. And so I knew I wanted to, I loved working, but I knew I had to get out of that vibe and the vibe of Burger King. I don't know. It was, I liked it there. And so that was my first job. Um, I, I still, the, the visor. I'll tell you what I, what's funny is, is the pride that I felt putting that visor on and like before even showing up and, and getting my, those blue, not Dickies, they weren't as cool as Dickies, but my blue somewhat like rough and tumble <laughs> pants hemmed. I'm like, I fucking yeah. made it. Yeah. I am going places. I mean, I, I did absolutely. And, you know, it was my enthusiasm, my, you know, raucous. So, so that was my first attempt at the uh, back of house where I um, dubbed myself the King Whopper Topper. And I was just like challenging people of who can make a faster Whopper. And yeah. So that, that was full on production. That was just like you're working in, in the that you were working putting together burgers. Yeah, that, like, taking them out of the broiler, yeah. dropping them, yeah. putting them on, timing the person ahead of me, you know, in front of me or across the the line. I got you. Let's go. Um, fries, right? Yeah. Just just working the fries. Work the fries. I mean, I, and then I I think I it was then that I realized. So then they they put me over to cashier. And I think it was then that I realized I was probably more front of house than back of house. Um, Worked the drive-through, not not proud, but did little things. I'm gonna, you know, okay. So, kind of opened up my hand a little bit. The coins would fall through. Sorry, I would go around pick it up, buy myself lunch later. So I already had my oh, wow. systems down that I'm not so proud about being a nice Jewish boy from Cleveland, Ohio. But like, but, you know, and I think part of that is, um, I think I turned out to be a good person. So you're gonna, you're gonna. Just watch out for those 14 year olds. They're going to be doing something mischievous, even if they're good people. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I have one in this house. Well, she's actually yeah. 15, going to be 16. So it's a whole new world for them, though, now. But I agree. I think they got They have to work in it. She, she's got to work in the restaurant. She's got I don't know about Burger King. If, uh, there's closing. They're rebranding. Like closing now? They're, they're, they're rebranding. They're putting a lot of money into it. We're going to see how they do. Um, they lost the fries war to McDonald's. Um, 
All, all of them beat in and out. Did you get your in and out on the way out of town? No, because it was like a fucking, like everybody in Southern California was at all three that we stopped <laughs> that we drove by. Most, I, you, you know my feelings on it. Yeah, you were going to take some home. I shared that with you. Yeah, but I, but, but I, I, I they're the worst fries in the, in the country. country. They're cardboard. Yeah. Thank you. Thank God. Yeah, Sean, Sean, I think there's some blind. I think it's the people who live there. It's like a blind, they have like a nostalgia. So they're like, oh, yeah. Like they're not good, but they're good enough for me. And they kind of complete the picture, which I get. But side by side comparison. I mean, we could probably walk anywhere. I don't know. Go, go get some fries over there. What's up with that? You know, it's a question I've been asked. I have no idea because, right, they're spending the time to hand cut it or, you know, (laughs) drop the machine and, and, uh, and which is a safety concern, which is all of these other things, labor and whatnot. And it's just awful. And, you know, I've gotten into some businesses where we work on that and then you twice fry it and then you, if you marinate it or you brine it or you, yeah. I don't know. Just get some frozen fries. They're incredible. Get them out of the bag. Drop yeah. them in. Yeah, they the are. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's my theory on if you can't make it better, nobody cares. Like for these chefs who make their own ketchup, they're like, it's a ginger ketchup. I just want Heinz in the bottle. Let's just do so, that. Can we just have that with my fries? I'm not, if you can't make it better, then what's the what's the That's great. Commercial that That's great. And I've, and I've heard some of your podcasts. I don't think I've heard you say that before. If you can't make it better, right? Don't fix a problem that isn't there. And and that's a yeah, good, right. I like that one a lot. It was funny with Umami Burger. Um, truffle ketchup was big, right? And people really did like it. So that was, what was cool was it definitely did a twist, but you still had to make sure you had the regular ketchup as well. Right? Yeah. That's, there's even debates like, is the Heinz better out of packets or bottles? It's like some real What do you think? Stuff. But I remember that truffle ketchup. I mean, you guys kind of caught that truffle thing right at that time. Talk talk about that year. Was it Umami <clears throat> Burger your next? Were you like, <laughs> no, there was, there was better than Burger King? Yeah. There, I'm going. Yeah, there's a few steps in between. A few steps uh, in between? Okay. You know, uh, manage my local okay. coffee house. Which was great because I'd, I'd learned about, um, here's an interesting thing I'd learned about, don't try to push something in a community that's not ready for it, but still elevated a little bit. The, the old boobies and the, and the Russian men yeah. sitting there did not care that all of a sudden we were bringing in Jamaica Blue Mountain into the local coffee house. <laughs> you know, they were like, what? And so, but I still elevated her sales. At 16, yeah. I went in, I gave her a whole business plan. This lady who worked at the local mall, ran the local mall and, and elevated her sales. But it, it's still my, my vision wasn't, didn't turn out that way. And so let's jump to mommy real quickly about that, which is fun. So a lot of stuff in between, got a degree in psychology, uh, worked with Thomas Calicchia, all this stuff. But but I'm going to jump into this idea of umami. They, they were a perfect example of you can't fabricate it. It just is. Once you catch it, don't screw it up. And people would come to me and say, you know, after umami, all right, we want to design this concept. What do you think was the secret sauce? What do you think it, it was whatever they got in a bottle worked 
and I've watched a lot of people try to create something. And, and unfortunately, I've watched some people have it. Like you'll have a lot of these founders that are creative and they have their number one hit and they're single and they don't double down on that. They, their mind starts to wander on the next idea and you lose it. So you, if you have it, appreciate it and then just try to not screw it up as you scale it. That's that's similar to the conversation that we were having with um, uh, Virgie, Virginia yeah, and her husband, yeah, and her business and, partner, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were talking about like, I don't know what, the, yeah, sorry, maybe maybe they are. So they, they, you're more you're more in tune than I am. I mean, you know, yeah, um, but yeah, like they start. I have a good friend, same thing, super talented, crushed it, crushed it, crushed it got lucky had some bad luck now he just can't he's just firing his gun in every direction i mean and it's like dude just if you would yeah. just pick one you would dominate and he just can't he can he has the secret sauce on almost anything he touches yeah. but he wants to touch 30 to and it's a um it's a problem i mean focus is always a problem especially if you get the creative um that's why i loved coming in with a couple different brands and saying there's magic here um and now let's let's figure out how to scale this thing. What is the culture? What's the scalability? What's the process? You know, take for instance Chipotle. Here's a perfect example. You have one of the top brands. They got together ten years ago and said, "Well, let's do it again." They put the best R and D team together, the best real estate team together. They um, found fifteen sites that were perfect. They they R and D to to the end. And then all of those spots you see now they're biboba, you know, they're just different things. It, it, it didn't work because people didn't yeah. line up. There was something about it that didn't bring people back. You know, you're talking about a company that has good processes, good people, everything that would, that would make me say, I'll invest in this thing because it's the right leadership team, but right. people didn't vote with their wallets and that was it. Ultimately, right. How do they recover? How do well, they find that you you pass off your real. Well, I'm sure you come in with people that are like, okay, let's uh, let's keep the five year lease extension that you got on this. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're pennies on the dollar, right? And so, um, and it's fortunately they've got enough money that it doesn't matter. They got a billion in, in R and D or whatever type of thing annual. So, a lot of people can make that mistake, wow. and I and I see people who will come to me and they've. I'll see a business plan that they're like 20 locations and they haven't launched the first. Or you'll deal with that with people yeah. who have one great location and they're ready. They're selling on the if come of 10 and you know, how well do you understand who that market is and why and how they recreated it? I, I get obsessed over that stuff. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think about this? I mean, I always, well, I'm, so I specialize kind of in that three to seven units, three to 10 units, right? But it's a very difficult stage to be in because three, even if you have three partners, now you're all separate running your own business. What does that look like? And kind of go ramps up from there. I don't need to tell you, but <clears throat> I say, how do you guys want this to end? Do you want to build this to 10 and sell it? Do you want to ultimately bring this to a franchise group? Because to me, all these steps that you're talking about are like, guided by how you wanted to end 
right? Like, if you're going to franchise it versus you're going to hold on to these forever, you're going to keep these five units. Those there are some there are a lot of different decisions that have to be made in there. Right. Not one of them are probably the same. Right. Yeah. Would you you would you agree with that? I mean, you've scaled a bunch of content. What, what, I, it's amazing how much the franchising world. So I'm much more experienced in the grow it yourself, um, corporate owned stores. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, franchise, I can do it. No, it is. It's a different world. And right when you start to get into the FDDs and you just start yeah. to get into, and then there's this, this idea of, am I actually, um, you know, I've never seen a pro forma that didn't look good. Right. And so what do you, what do you, yeah, right. What what type of uh, numbers are you showing? What what do you disclose? What do you need to or not disclose? Um, and so it's it's a different thing when you're building it on that front. I personally love the founders have done something great. The let's figure out where all the efficiencies are to scale it. Let's get ourselves out of the weeds. Let's then get the founders out of anything that is going to get in the way of growth, which happens all the time, founderism. Yeah. Um, and I became good at saying, yeah. all right, shoot the bullets at me. I don't want you going to the GM in the store or the HR or anybody that you've got this idea or marketing, you come to me first, we talk through it, I filter it, mm -hmm. and we see how to communicate this to the team so it makes sense. And so, I love, I love that. That's my experience. Um, and then you're right. Are you looking to build a business that you uh, are going to, do you have to pay investors back on your second store? Are you raising capital now to build a brand or are you, are you raising capital on just each store? And it starts to, you know, you structure it yeah. differently. I will say this. To anybody listening, because I'm trying to be of value to anybody. I mean, I'm excited to geek out with you and talk shop. I can tell you time and time again, if you think you can get five stores, one store running at 20% and you've truly, and you and I were talking about this a little bit with her, with, with Virgie is, have you truly figured out how to get every percentage point out of this before recognizing that economies of scale is going to be the solution? And if you can make this work, make that work. And with Umami Burger, yeah. and not to kiss and tell in that sense, and they're, they're out there and they're doing things, but I had a day with them where I said, uh, you know, you're raising capital and we've got to figure out how to be 150 stores and at this. And I said, this concept is no more than 30 across the United States, 50 at best. Yeah at two and a half million to three million top line with a, with a, I'll get you 20 to 22% EBITDA. That's a great living. Right. That is amazing. You could pay yeah. your initial investors. No, we've got to be this. And so you, you get too far over your skis and you start to change things and you start, I think to anybody yeah. it's, it's about what's your soul, what's the soul? What's the reason people are coming back? Honor that and don't, don't bullshit anybody about it. Mm. What you, what <clears throat> um, a shared understanding of, you think I can take you to 150 units at this? Uh, not a chance. Well, if you yeah. can't be the guy, you can't be here. And a year later, uh, a new CEO called me and said, 
I wrote a manifesto and he said, I read your manifesto. Um, I think you were right. And again, I, I Omami does, and, and they figured out a way to pivot and navigate and they, they're, they're, they're up, they're growing global. It's a different concept. It's managed to move with the time. So I'm, I'm careful to not put anything against Umami. I just know what I get passionate over. And I know where I'm the right value. Right. I, I'm great to get you to 20 units. Right. Beyond that, I'm not the guy you want on the team right. because I, I'm squirrel, right? I'm going off here and I'm not the guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's important though. I mean, if if you recognize that, you probably saved yourself a lifetime of sure. stress and anxiety instead of because the, the the a lot of folks would be like, yeah, I can do it to take the increase in pay or to more exposure for the experience, but at what expense, right? Like, if it's so much better to be self aware and know, like, hey, I can't. And, it, and you no start to you start to lie to yourself about where your value is, um, and so. You know, there's that whole argument of follow your passion. I'm under the I'm under the follow your value uh, that hopefully you care about something, but you bring a unique value to it because that will feed uh, incremental success, even plus one percent. If I sh I showed up and I actually contributed to this environment, is unbelievably rewarding in your health and well being and the people around you. So know what you are. Yeah. Figure it out and add that value. And then don't be afraid to put people around you who are going to take your job if they're going to be better than you and grow them up. And then you go help the next yeah. thing. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I've created the farm league that has given me the permission to exit the ship on multiple occasions. And I, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Jensen always, yeah. Jensen is a host on, Sean and I have another podcast and Jensen always makes fun of me because I always refer to like having a deep bench and like having a bench of people that you can go to and talk to about growth, about, you know, issues that you're, you know, whatever. There's sort of like a tribe of mentors versus your, your bench inside the, inside the restaurant, but your bench as an operator, people who you can rely on and talk to and bring in and certain situations it's so crucial to grow no one grows these concepts and i always uh, on their own and i always say that like <clears throat> it's ego i just feel like it's you know why do restaurants fail or why do they do this and why haven't they pivoted or which i hate that word but i always feel that it's ego they're not they don't want this person here they're not responding to online re or reading online reviews because they're these people don't know anything i mean you do you experience any kind of ego that has had a negative impact on the rest? Sure. I mean, there's ego. There's a lot of ego comes from fear, um, right? So it's the ego, but it's yeah. the inability to let go of something. Um, I think it's the inability to to really understand that you've also should no longer be in this seat. You should be moving to a different seat. Um, there, it's the ego to let go and, and say. Um, or it's a strength to say, you know what, I'm bringing somebody else on. Maybe I did the marketing to this point, but it's time for me to get somebody on board who understands what a campaign, not a son of a gun. Why didn't we post for, you know, for, yeah. for Valentine's day, let's get a post out now. Yeah. Right. We didn't do it. And yeah. yeah so ego to me is, right. is not letting go 
and that does become a problem. And sometimes it's also yeah. not willing to turn and look at the rough stuff. Uh, either way, you know, it's funny. You hope that you build a company to a point that you look at every task as two things. Does it give me energy or does it take energy? And every task that gives you energy, you try to keep to a degree and then find somebody that it gives them energy and pass it. And everyone that takes energy, you try to get rid of. But in growing, you have to just look at things that take energy. You've got to, you got to get through the contracts. Yeah. You got to get through the legal. You got to yeah. file today. I'm, I'm going to my, to do the final piece of my taxes to get the K ones out for my company. Right. It's do I, yes. Nobody it's just so that, right? draining. <clears throat> that's not what you got into it for. Yeah, no, and that's, that's funny. I made a piece of content this morning that who knows if we'll ever make, see the light of day. But that's exactly what I said is like restaurants who, because I, you know, talk to all these guys and they're like, yeah, you know, feeling stuck and, you know, can't find the right people and, you know, sales are down because of the, yeah, but like, are you looking at anything else? Are you, are you just kind of going in your rut? And I feel like when you're in that rut, you do have to look at those things that you don't want to look at. And oftentimes, if you look at them first and just tackle them, that's when you get that momentum. Like, okay, all right, that wasn't that big of a deal. Boom, what's next? What's next? What's next? But if you just sit there and loathe this, like, situation that's happening that you don't think you have uh, any control over. Yeah, the ostrich syndrome, syndrome as well. It's just not good. You're sticking your head in the sand. and No, just, just yeah. tackle it head on. Do what you need to do. Be, and if it's a rough thing, prepare yourself. Get Make sure you tackle it after you got some sleep, drink some water, maybe set yourself up for a nice meal afterwards. I, do the reward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this and I'm going out to a nice dinner after this. And I don't get to do the dinner unless I do this. You know? I, yeah, well, you know, I, I learned it back in, uh, this is a restaurant community, so there's, there's no, uh, it, it's not too sensitive. But like, I did that in college. I knew the second I got back to the apartment, bong tokes were flying. I would not let myself go back to the apartment until, until I made it through the library. And hopefully your 15 year old daughter isn't listening to this. I just didn't, and to everybody, but it was, it was the idea no, of, right. I was always good about I love that. how do I match things up? And in, in atomic habits, which I'm obsessed over the book, he talks about yeah, yeah. that. So if you got to do things, find a way to, hack it right connect it to something yeah it is a definite hack it went okay so now you're you're out of umami burger you're like can't help you guys any longer then i i really was able to help what was that did you immediately step into something did you immediately step into something did you take some time I had, to like i had can you know it, what was great was i had done well in los angeles um took cube this amazing cafe to which umami poached me from took them to a beautiful glowing review from irene verbilla who was a uh just <laughs> she was not a nice reviewer right and so this was our and and i kind of hit that which was great and i built good community so i started you know just as fall into it was okay you want to consult sure and i just got the opportunity to work with some amazing chefs and help them open the restaurants. And that's when I really, I was able to carry over one of the key things. I, one great thing about Umami was a, obviously the power of training and the, being to able to document 
what the culture and the values are on paper enough so that you attract the right people to then build the culture in person and, and be humans next to humans. The second thing was if you have how fast it's amazing, you know, a large sum of money can run out the door if you're being inefficient. And so, um, you know, it's like even it's, it's, it's how much I learned the power of a critical path to opening and having the, so knowing what your timeline is, having it be dynamic because you're going to have, I can tell you anybody listening to this, who's got a boss is like, we're opening September 15th. He wants to open September 15th. That's happening. Well, you know what? I tell you who doesn't care the, the, the gas meter, right? Yeah. DWP in LA, they don't care about what your boss thinks, right? Uh, just the city planners, they, they don't, they don't care. They don't care. And so having a critical path to opening was key. And so I started to help people open and really get that experience. Um, cause it's amazing even to the point of helping. And I say with this respect, one of my opening so excited was Gucci Osteria helping them with uh, chef Massimo Batura open. Right. I mean, I've worked with some, oh man, I, no, wow. I, I'm really lucky. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that was a, that? that was a few years ago. Um, after I had long been in my current business, which we'll get into, right? Arrow up training, but I still yeah. like helping consult every now and then to just get involved. So, so that was great. But even coming into a place like Gucci that had opened up, you know, a very successful company and opening up retail. Well, now you're opening up your first restaurant in the United States, and I'll tell you what: here's yeah. the problem you're going to run into. And you're not foreseeing it because of the list. And what's going to happen is we're going to hire 40 people and you're going to, they're going to show up, but they're not going to be able to go inside the door because we haven't passed the fire inspection. And so we're going to be standing outside and we're going to try to, what are we going to do? Team camaraderie? Are, we, are they going to sign their hand? Are we going to go into the office and trust falls? Trust falls. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Checklists over trust falls, yeah. man. That's an, that's one of my posts that you'll see coming out that I did a fun little thing of just like, I know it's great. We're all kumbaya, but who's doing the side work and how do I know that you, that's all I want to know. Yeah, who's doing the side work. Um, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So we are we going to get out of here? So, um, and where's John? He left. What the, you know, um, what? so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he less, less no, but he put more in. He believed it. So I uh I went and I helped open up some really great spots um from here to San Francisco to all around. Then I jumped on board with Sweet Lady Jane, good brand. They brought me in to scale and grow. I said shrink. Um they said, Wait, really? I said shrink. You're not you it's not it's not organized. But what was really cool was yeah, <laughs> not familiar. What? What is? What is? What is what yeah, was yeah. They, they shrunk and they really regrouped and they they took. They were Sweet Lady Jane is a. It's like Oprah's favorite. They're high end cakes. They did amazing stuff and they they wanted to be everything and and food part and all of this stuff and and um and they it was just too many skews. And they were too dependent on the institutional knowledge and not enough on the streamline. There was no lean, right? The concept of figuring that out. 
And they weren't ready to face it. And I took them to a commissary model, which was great. And that's a great experience um, to be able to do that. And I'd done that with Umami Burger a bit. And so I'd had experience taking people to a commissary model and figuring out what's out of store and what's in store. And um, I got to do that a couple of times, which is really cool because you really start to look at the books in a unique way. Um, but I said, you're, unless you're willing to sort of shrink your skews and get everything going, we don't know yet what we are. And I can tell you in six months, we're going to close the last lease you signed. Um, and so you don't need my salary right now. And, and it, it was agreed upon jump back to consulting. And, um, and then I started the app. I started to build a training app and how it, that's a that's a bit of a leap, Bob. What would so? I've looked at the website. I've looked at Bob's senior stuff and listened to you a bunch of times. It's a huge <clears throat> issue in the industry. This training thing. Tell me what? How do you dive into that world? You weren't a tech guy, right? I was here. Yeah, it was. What was, was funny was it started with, and this was, you know, six years ago or something. It started with it's going to be a, a information portal training, and then I realized I wanted to do um, uh, scheduling. Seven Shifts, great brand. You might know of them. <laughs> Anyone watching the podcast, uh, Cal is wearing a Seven Shifts. No, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, um, incredible I'll, brand. They hadn't made it to the West Coast. They were still building up and going. And I was like, I'm going to start with this. Um, and I started to build this out and felt that there wasn't as much love. But really what happened was I got a great call from a great friend who said also in the real estate game, um, who said, um, listen, I know you're doing this and I know you're, you're into training and I know you want to get going, but, uh, um, yeah, there's the site. Um, but, uh, um, I think I want to introduce you to a couple people. And this was Tokaya Organica who could really use what you do. Why don't you get in a little equity? Why don't you, jump in one more time, get your hands dirty and real, really build this thing. And I, it, it, yeah, it really was. Yeah, it was. Don't let me sleep with the fishes. I just want to. And, you know, in between, I, I had worked with incredible operators out of New York and April Bloomfield and them and, and really done a lot with training and whatnot. And so I got with these guys and that took me out of tech for a while to build them. And then I'd had this inkling to take me back to training. I just, here's what it is. And I'd like your thoughts on this, right? I've built so many training programs for so many amazing companies from scalable global brands to Gucci, right? From the mom and pop shop to high end to global. And there's just a universal quality to all of them. That is, is sure. You can be counter service. You could be, um, full service, but there's still a style of hospitality. There's, you know, hold the glass, the bottom 50, don't put it by the fingerprints. I'm the, I don't care if you serve from the left or the right, keep your hand out of the customer's line, line of sight or conversation. Yeah. There, there's, there's all of this that I love. And I said, all right, I can put this together for out of the box training for independent operators. In the meantime, phase one is let's do safety, compliance, and leadership because that's something people need. Let's solve this problem that people need. So we're solving that. Here's my question for you. We're now coming out with the next iteration of the app. Great team. 
It is safety, compliance, and leadership. Restaurants that are four to 30 units realize that you've got to solve it. It's OSHA. It's leadership development, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, you know, teach those 19-year-olds yep. how to have awkward conversations with their coworkers and friends. It's um, safety, it's compliance, it's in a unique voice. We do anti-harassment training for the restaurant industry. In our voice, interviewing chefs, it's not cheesy reenactments. It's, it's, it's stories, right? And it's, and it's also understanding that we're all, we're yeah. all weird. All of us that have, that have come to be a part of this thing are weird. Yeah. And like, so it's, it's safety, it's, it's anti-harassment there. We're building on leadership. So we're gonna, we're gonna do a baseline. And then the idea is this, but I'm gonna get to something in a second. I'd love your thoughts. So this is our core unit. And now we're partnering with insurance companies saying those that do this deserve lower premiums that you need to yeah. incentivize them. You don't wanna, I learned during the pandemic, insurance companies actually don't wanna raise your premiums. They just don't wanna pay out on stupid things that were avoidable, you know? And so that fire was avoidable. This lawsuit was avoidable. So we said, all right, we're gonna take all of the things OSHA says to do that lowers that risk by 60% and do it. And insurance companies are gonna help fund us. So that's our core business. Four to 40 units, those are the ones that realize that they're liable and exposed. And I'm sorry, whoever you are, you might have the greatest culture in the world. Someone's going to slip and fall. Someone's going to cut themselves. And someone's going to sue you. So here's my next question to you. What do you think, though, as I've got this amazing creative team, I'm like, let's now do what my original vision was, which is this independent operator opens up shop and they've got all of the 101s of training, bar, knife skills, service skills, cashier skills. Um, it's out of the box and it's ready to go and able to be adaptable if you want it. I don't know. You think we should put some energy towards that for independent operators or stick with the core, the core focus of uh, safety compliance, which is our bread and butter? You know, I, I think then you're going to get into maybe you're going to get into more customization. I'm sure people have asked you to add different things and do different, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer, similar to what we were talking about with restaurants before, like go with what the fastball, right? Like what's really, really working. You know, Mariano Rivera, I always say, I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but Mariano Rivera right. didn't say, right. you know, I'm going to throw a curveball today. Right. Every day he just, this is what's working. Nobody <laughs> is touching it. Like, you know, it's, I, it's, and I know, in restaurants, this is a notorious thing, right? Like people want to do something different or let's change up the menu because we're bored of it. Oh, I hate seeing that right. salad. I can we just get rid of it? It's, it's, it's right. 40% of our right, right, right. sales. No, we can't get rid of it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I love, I, I, I mean, t talk about how the app works first, because I, when I, when I had first heard of arrow training a long time ago, I think it was in a clubhouse room. I was like, man, that's really cool. But how do you make it work for every restaurant? How how does it work? And what, what exactly are restaurants using it for? Yeah, so up until in? just recently, um, we white labeled through another app. And it was you signed up because you needed um, anti-harassment training. And then you needed safety training. And then you wanted to do leadership yeah. training. And so we deploy it. We deploy the content. We've been a content arm. And as well as we do custom content for companies. So right now we're doing it for Tokaya, this great uh, Acme, this other great company. We're working with a couple uh, 
mental health brands. We've worked with the city of Santa Monica. We do a lot of custom. So oh yeah, we're we're actually a content arm. Okay, <laughs> forget it. No. I... Yeah, do it. Yeah, that's what we are. I mean, that that's been our bread and butter is custom content. And and the idea was, we just we we work with other great LMSs who are LMSs. We're not that right, but but Wisetail um, and some other good ones that we license it through them. And I just said, you know, we could be more if we really built something that was sexy and, and spoke a modern way. And you can see on the screen, if not, it's like, it looks like Apple TV plus, like we built this and it's the way yeah. that we engage with content. What's in the top left corner. That's, you know, it's like Netflix. It's like, so the masterclass for restaurants is what we're starting to fold into this. And the way it works is you, if you're an independent restaurant, you literally reach out, sign up, and you just go on the journey with us. And so immediately it's laid out. We lead your, your safety leads. We lead you, we take your leaders down the path, anti-harassment, safety, leadership. We got it baseline. Then if you want more, you come to us. If you're a larger group, we customize for you. And we then start to fold that into the app for you. And one of the big things that we do is micro training. So it, it's every week the leads will get a little follow-up, little micro-training or things like that. So it's that constant general mm -hmm. pressure that our great heroes and like Danny Meyer talk about. Yeah. Um, yep. And that, now that's actually on, it's an app on the phone. So you'll get like a notification like, Hey, you need to it, take this leadership. Post. It's uh, it's on the phone. It's on the, it's on um, tablets, computer. We don't, it's funny. We're, we're figuring out notifications in California. You gotta be wary of that but oh, yeah yep yeah but you can access it on on any it's it's a web app so you can access it anywhere and we're we're rolling out of beta um and it's and it's pretty cool and so i can just start to fill out this library so so again right our, our initial customers who have been on our other platform are transferring over to this with us it's great joe and the juice fantastic mm -hmm. growing company one of our biggest clients for anti-harassment training they took us to, to London, um, great culture. Yeah, they, 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 they took, it was great. She's like, it was really cool. She was like, you know, we work with a bunch of different vendors and my managers keep coming to me saying like, screw it, stop, arrow up. They talk our talk. Like that's our thing. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's, the, that's a huge, that's the same thing for me. Like I, I hate the word broker. I can't stand it. You know, and I hate the, you know, coming from the restaurant business into this business, I just hated how everybody thought that they had such, like, we have a, we're all showing space, right? That's what we do. Like, that's, you don't have anything really that I don't know about. Or like, you know, maybe we have some relationship driven stuff that, you know, keep in our back pocket and something's coming available, working with a developer. But for the most part, if you're looking in this section of, if you're looking in Soho, if you're looking in the West Village, Lower East Side or Upper West right. Side, I could tell you what's available, right? And then I, I always was like, how, how can I leverage? How can I make it different? And it's just by being like, hey, I was you. I know what it's like to be approached by brokers and have these things. Like, what are you guys actually looking for? What's your plan three, five years from now? Like, it's like in a, you, you, you speak the language and you have like this card that lets you into the club, lets you know like, hey, 
yes, this is bullshit. This part actually is not bullshit. And they trust you. They want to. They yeah. Want more and I think it's great, by the way, as I was looking at your shirt, if anyone from Seven Shifts listens to this, I am not getting anywhere near the uh, uh, scheduling game. We, we, are in ta- we are partnering with them to work together because they crushed it. So, so wow. I just thought of something. It's funny. As you're talking, I'm like, wait a minute. I need them to know. It's like they're doing what they're doing. And even like Toast, they're getting that you saw that they're talking yeah. with uh there was at the spark there was an insurance so it's all just kind of working together and playing our role coming yeah. to back what you're doing but I, I just had to for for a room and for all them out there being like no no no, we're not touching that game yeah you got it you locked it you're crushing it we want to we work with you but yeah we, we had uh jordan yeah. we had jordan on the ceo on uh, the other podcast last week and he's just you know this, yeah his, i love his story i love his backstory and and so yeah. amazing yeah so yeah that i want to work collaborations are where it's at a hundred percent they they it so in the time that i started and stepped off that ship that tech is long gone and done the new tech is this beautiful platform and you know, it's funny. I, I was reached, talking to them before I built our, our latest version. I'm like, are you getting into the training compliance game, like OSHA compliance? They're like, no, we're in the we're in the wage and hour compliance. I'm like, great. You're right. I'm like, I'm a communication yeah. platform that can help teach of why that stuff's important. So not to not to jump left or right, but I I, yeah. I got this chill down my spine. Back to what you were talking about. I think that's why you're approaching. I love how you're approaching it where you're speaking the language and you're giving them uh, added value far beyond. You're, you're showing them, I understand how to, you know, real estate's just a piece of it. I've been there. So sure, I'm going to teach you what to look for as a clause in the lease, but also I'm going to tell you about a story that I had about team or, or menu or this yeah. podcast, right? Where you're, you're bringing this holistic yeah. approach to it. Um, is amazing because then, right, then you, you trust it. You trust when you're bringing a site to them or they're coming to you for a site, it's a bigger picture. And, and same with me and talking, sure. We're talking of anti-harassment and whatnot. And our friend, Troy Hooper, he's like, your culture. Mm. Yeah. He's, he's like, your, your culture, that's what you do. You come in. And so we're doing a culture of safety and then we're building on leadership, which I think is the biggest thing to do culture. Um, but, um, but I like having, to... yeah, culture is so important, but you, like you said before, when shit hits the fan, that culture, you, you're going to see the real culture, right? Like that's, it is so tough. And I think if people throw it around, like, it just means like, everybody's nice. No, that's not the culture. That's like one, one thousandth of the culture. One of the reasons that's why I'm so culture. obsessed with checklists over trust falls, going back to our, our thing before. And it's funny. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a post that I've got just sitting here like I made a fun little video. So you'll, you'll see it and I'll, I'll call you out on it. Uh, no, the next book is we're all a little fucked up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So Agree. Yeah, yeah. so. Man, no argument there. All right, so here's a little tools how, you know, I'm, I'm figuring my way out. Um, but with checklists, if you organized environments attract organized people. And so people will say to me, are you trying to motivate the line cook? No, I'm trying. I'm trying to put infrastructure in place so that the ones that want to show up feel like that they're in an environment that they have 
structure that the leaders have learned the 19 to 25 year old knows how to uh, ask a question before making a statement to somebody. They understand that and then you will attract people who want to be a part of it. So now you have a playbook and you have the people that feel supported. Then when the shit hits the fan, you've got at least a better chance. Yeah. And I think, you know, from psychology, maybe this is something that you're familiar with because we've experienced it and had talked to psychiatrists you know, psychiatry, whatever, psychologists, people who deal with this stuff. And it's about like, you know, when you do bring in people into your space and you're the leader and you're, they're looking to you like, Hey, what's next? Or the manager or the chef or whoever. And you start to lose it a little bit. It creates a panic amongst everybody else. Like, Oh, I'm looked, I looked to this guy to hold us through this shit. And now he's fucking crumbling. What? If he's crumbling and he's been taking the bullets for me, like that's not good for me. Now what? Now I'm on the front lines and I don't want any piece of that. I mean, I think uh, there, our industry has been filled with that. Where it's like, I forget the guy mm -hmm. uh, Ken McGarry. You know Ken McGarry? He wrote oh, yeah. the surprise manager, which is like surprise. You're the manager now. He he he, he bailed. Uh, you're the manager now. I mean, I think that culture of being able to maintain leadership, and that's why I think leadership training is so important because. You gotta be able to step up. You gotta be able to realize your role and be able to assume different things. And I think that's a major. And, and one of the, the so I think in the first book, I appreciate that hundred percent. And and even beyond the, you know, yeah. supervisors. That's why the first book I wrote, "Please Don't Sleep with the Host," is right. It's literally, yeah, I love the yeah. Theme. I love the please in that. Like, come on, you have. To and I say that in the book. I'm like, some of the greatest mentors <laughs> slept with the host. That's why I said it. But it's like, if you just didn't, it 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 just yeah, be, it be so much better if you didn't. But you did, and you're one. Of, you know. So, but and it's it's the philosophy of what type of leader are you, right? And so, I and I get really into um, sleep if you can, right? Try to. Uh, water. Um, if you're gonna do the the coffee at 4 p.m., do water with it. Um, my big thing is change your socks mid shift yeah. because how your feet are. It's a great one, you know. It's like running. It's, like it's a great running. one. So yeah, exactly. so all these things that put you in to the right space. Have you put your oxygen mask on first so that when the shit hits the fan? <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember when when our restaurant was really cranking, I was also happened to be like in the best shape of my life. And I was like, because you're just better suited to handle it. You know, you're you're more hydrated, you're eating better, you're lighter on your feet, you're getting your sleep, you're reading your book. Yeah, that, but our industry is notorious for not not so much, you know, information around that. Um, sense that that's changing? Yeah, I, I, maybe because there's a global conversation with it. Um, and it was, it was interesting. I don't know what's happening as far as mental health awareness in our industry. I can tell you, like we do, we have courses about empathy and reflection and all this stuff. And during the pandemic, we worked at the city of Santa Monica to build de-escalation training and all this. And we did we gave away so many free resources. There were so many psycho psychologists and therapists and people that gave away all of their time and not enough people called and used it. And I hope, so I think there's a conversation. Yeah. 
it's debroing a bit, right? The industry and it's it's shifting. I just all of it, right? The tough guy, the um it was funny. You know, I I kind of like the Jewish mother of every company and and look, I struggled with it myself. Probably one of the greatest things that I did was when I came out, right? As a as a gay man in the industry because then all of a sudden it was just like I could tell I could make fun of anybody about anything. I could jump on the sword first. Uh, yeah. I, I literally was like, there was no persona that I was putting up. And I'm a good operator. You want me in the weeds with you. I, I will show up what needs to happen. Let's go. And I guess I'm, you know, why do I bring that up? I haven't brought that up on a podcast before. But you made me think about this idea of taking care of yourself. I think I just disarmed Right. I immediately stepped away from being the bro oh, culture, yeah. but at the same time, I'm still your motherfucking leader and you are all will walk the plank if you challenge the captain. You know, I will show you that. And yeah. how do you feel today? Yeah, right. That, well, that's a big thing, right? Like I know like uh, the not nine to five crew, they're, they're into that. And they're, I just saw they're launching a new initiative, but yeah, not enough. You know, we actually talked about this with seven shifts. Is that feedback loop with your with your employees? Like, hey, what's up with you? What's going on? Instead of just like, hey, did you clear table ten? Hey, what's going on with why are they dragging on desserts over here? Did you drop the menu? They said they're pushing on you for like, you got to talk like a human. What's going on? How's your son? Or what's are you guys going away? You guys mentioned you were trying to humanize yourself a little bit. But yeah, I think that's that's leadership, man. And I don't think everybody has it. I don't think everybody has it. I think that there's a lot of fear to it, but. You know, I think it's um, ultimately what what people will be drawn to. They want to be led. They, they want to be led by somebody. And to the, to the extent that you've disarmed yourself, you know, like I've heard the analogy made, you know, people who are insecure, just even about creating content, restaurants who don't know what to do. You know, the analogy of, of like that last scene in 8 Mile. Where, I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. You know 8 Mile? Okay. So the last scene, he get, Eminem gets up there and he just – Basically says, let me guess, you're going to call me poor, you're going to call me a crackhead, you're going to tell me my mom's a whore, you're going to do this, this. And the guy just looked at him like, yeah, yeah. I got it. I know all that about me. And that, when yeah, that, that is such a liberating feeling. And it's like, you, you know what, I, I'm ready to go. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate, and I spend every, I've spent a month in Detroit and I spent a lot of time on it. Uh, every, every summer I go back there to my old, my old band. Yeah. My old bands there or my current really? band, I guess that we, we play with. So I was in a band in, in college and then we, we regrouped afterwards and I moved to New York and our claim to fame is we, our claim to fame. We did uh, the title track to shameless. Yeah. And showtime. So that's oh, me on opening guitar. Um, yeah, it's good. Still good. There you go. Yeah, and so I really appreciate how you said that because I think you're right. When I disarmed everybody with that, it was I took away their power and then gave them power and space. Um, it's it's really an interesting thing when you disarm somebody for a moment by taking away their weapons, almost by saying there's no target for you that that can hurt me, but. I, how about, and I'm going to drop my guns too. You need some water? Did you change your socks? You need that? Yeah. That's why it's that idea of like, you know, some people get it. Some people are like, whatever, dude. But like when I call myself the Jewish mother of a company as we're growing and I'm just like, whatever it is, it's the idea of you yeah. 
we have we have a job to do, and that's why you know I, I fired a good amount of people, and sometimes it's just to show so that I can be really sweet with everybody else, but they know they're with a leader who will make the difficult decisions. You know, you had said it. People want to be led. I learned a lesson the hard way. Was that I used to be so democratic, and and I still think you have to get everybody's opinion and stuff. But I, how do you feel? What what do you think we should go? I learned. People would rather follow decisiveness off a cliff twice than an indecisive leader. Right. Oh yeah. Right. You got You have to build up that. That I'm gonna make this decision. Come hell or high water, we're gonna get through this together. And 95 percent of the time, I'm gonna be right. Gonna be scary, but yeah, they trust it when you go to battle with them. I mean, that's why you can't be like. What do they call those? Helicopter managers or right. like helicopter pantries kind of come around every once in a no. while and just bark yeah. orders it doesn't work especially now i can imagine so are you you're not you're not hands-on in takaya anymore right sign partner which great is we're doing their training though we're building uh content training for them which was really fun going back to just going back in and seeing some of the people that are still there and bringing in a camera and and building custom content for them um is pretty fun but yeah I'm, I'm completely hands off with that in the in the madera group um just uh k1s and you know <laughs> and they're smart that That's they brought in the company i have i probably definitely have reached out to you guys to try to get some real estate business because i <clears> fucking <throat> love the brand i love love the look i've never been in one but i can just I'm looking at it now. Like, I just, just get it. Like, I mean, was that, was that, what was the intent? Were you part of the, the team that? So it was, so when I mentioned the person who brought me in, right, they had two locations and the person who brought me in is a partner and their real estate arm. So they, so, so they, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah uh, that, uh, incredible. And so, um, uh, I'm keeping out of, out of respect for you and your business. I'm keeping names out of the came to yeah 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 Ra rachel oh, rosenberg so, berg so so just a, a mentor yeah. a friend um and i think she's great at um at what you're talking about so it's really about what you're doing right there is looking at things with a holistic perspective of how do we put people together to make it work oh this is a missing ingredient and when you're not just the real estate broker you're you see what's needed. You see the playing field. Um, you tell them what they need, uh, right? So you're a leader, very much a leader in businesses that are growing because a lot of them don't know what they need and, and they think they do. And I, I'm a huge fan of uh, working with people that will tell you you're, you're, you're out of your mind and, and have these difficult conversations because yeah. it only works to your benefit. Um, so I, again, going back to you in that sense, I love how you're taking this holistic approach. I think putting people together in operational teams and things like that is just huge. Just the same way that I think the insurance company need, needs to be more involved in making sure culture's right. The real estate partner can have a huge hand in site selection, in team selection, in operational efficiencies, in all of that stuff. So I was brought in at two locations by her to say they need 
you and you need them. I know you're starting this tech thing. You can go back to that. This is a playground that you're just going to love. Go take equity, go work, go be there. So I said, all right, I'll be their COO and I'm going to build a team for the next two years. And that's what I did. That's, I mean, A, I didn't pay you to say that about the real estate part, but it is going to be clipped and used several times over and over. Just heads up. But, um, um, no, but like, seriously, that's what I, that's what I say to people. Like, cause they're, the role has shifted and it's like, I'm not, I don't want to just show people space. I don't want to do the one-off restaurant, help you find a spot in the West Village or in Greenwich. I don't want to like. Let's build something together. And you're going to want me to in that room for those conversations. I have no problem being on those calls or going to those meetings. The more I know about your brand, the better I can position you in a market, the better I can get you set up in front of a landlord, the better I can work with your marketing team to have this video or this, this, this deck put together that we're going to present to the landlord immediately after we reach out about the space with our financial, you know, like I know this group, this is what the expectation is. It's, it's so hard to overcome years of basically, I think, just this fucked up dynamic of brokers throwing sites at restaurants and restaurants having to react to what's available. And, you know, like, it's just a weird thing. And I'm, when you find a group that gets it, they're like, now, now I don't have to stress about all that stuff. Like, we build a custom platform. You can go on there. You can look at everything at your own time at the end of the night while you're having lunch. And it's like, you want connection the real estate person i mean it's, it's your biggest expense right one of your biggest expenses and if you're not aware that you could have saved five bucks a square foot or gotten three hundred thousand dollars from the landlord to help build you out like who, and, who, and who how about you trying to prove to somebody how about your general contractor relationships how about your your you should you, your accounting relation uh, uh your not accounting architectural relationships i mean i learned a long time ago i don't want my I like it when my my architect and my general contractor know each other, but they didn't come together because I need somebody to hold somebody accountable. Yeah, no, yeah, they're there too. Uh, yeah, when they're so you're a a a. You know, I see it as what you're you're doing is you're creating a holistic experience that's coming at it, and part of it is really driving. This is your next move. This is your growth. And it comes down to, and I've seen Rachel be good at this, and I've seen other people be good at this, pushing somebody where they're uncomfortable, but for their own good. And not just a no, getting them to move fast on a yes. And there's going to be risks, and you're going to get kicked in the groin. And at the end of the day, you look at the scorecard and you regroup. But I think you're in a position as well um, with your experience and the way you're approaching all of this to push people to a yes. The thing though is, um, it's about building the trust that I'm not getting you to a yes because I can get the, the commission on this. It has nothing to do with that. This is the right move for you and you're going to miss this opportunity no. and, or no, it's funny as I used to, when I was selling retail, yeah. uh, clothes, sure. We all did a bunch of different stuff. You would try to tell somebody that something didn't look good on them. So they would build trust with you and then you could tell them when it did look good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I, I have lost probably 10% of my deals strictly because I didn't like the garbage situation at restaurants. I didn't have to open my mouth about the garbage, right? I'm not going to be there after you sign the lease, <laughs> but it bothers me. It bothers me. You mean there's no, there's no way to get the garbage out the back? We can't access that alley. We can't just come through this door. We can't do anything. We can't be dragging garbage through our dining room. You know, people assist or stacking up in the kitchen. It's not a, it's a health violation. 
Yeah, it's 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 probably cost me more money than than I want to admit, but yeah, I think I want to be able to provide and it, it happened to me in reverse. Like I wanted to get into real estate because it wasn't something else. I wanted I had to distance myself from the industry for a minute and I was like this is a good way and and I my experience can be of of some value. Um, but then it started turning into, I tell everybody all the time, like people will say, Hey, do you know what a guy with a training company? But they'll also yeah. ask me like, do you know a bread guy? Do you know anybody looking for a bar back or do you know anybody bar back looking for work? And you got to find a way to line yourself with a team. Cause I don't want to be that out, but I, I realize that that need is out there. I think sometimes restaurants just, I don't know. They're, they're just been they got a little PTSD when it comes to working with brokers and trying and, to and the way that you can do it is the way you're doing it, which is the way you can do it is the way you're doing it. It's really wise. Good, good, good. Berkowitz is, uh, uh, <laughs> putting information out there, uh, beyond the scope of what you're just capitalizing off of and adding value beyond, um, which is great. And that's how, that's how I'm looking to do it with myself. Right. We, I look at safety, culture, compliance, leadership. It's a baseline. I, I, I love that I've, and that's what we're saying was, I love that I've got this app that, oh my God, this thing looks beautiful. What content can we continue to push inside of this? We've got a content arm and an app arm. What's even beyond the scope? This book, Unreasonable Hospitality, and I just did a post on LinkedIn. I tagged you oh, yeah. there is, I'm obsessed over it and I'm going to bring it into the launching of this. And it's what you're doing as well. What is so unreasonable based on the transaction that that we agreed to in some sort of contract you know i'm showing up to dinner I'm, you know whatever it is you're going to sign up to the app what is it that we can go so above and beyond that it's unreasonable that's my chair uh uh that's so above and beyond that um that it's almost unreasonable that it that and so i i love that i have this platform that i can start to work with restaurants and say and organizations, we work with some really cool Detroit brands, you know, Shinola. Um, but how do we build something that becomes this? How do I get Kyle given the tips and I'm dropping that into cooks and different people into this platform? How do we build on this information far beyond the expected uh, transaction, but so valuable? Yeah, that's, I mean, I haven't read that book, but I keep hearing that same thing about them. And I, I love that unexpected hospitality, that over the top sort of anticipating the needs type of service. And it doesn't have to be anything big. It's just, you know, it goes, it just goes to like, yeah. show that you're paying attention. You know, like I, I've seen that clip of him talking about right. uh, the hot dog, right, right. New York city hot dog for that people, for that group that came in. And it's, uh, it's things like that though, that make a difference. Make people, there's a restaurant here in, in Westchester County that, when you huh. left, you got muffins for breakfast. We, so it was like they so you stayed they stayed top. Yeah, we used to do that at, at Colicchio, like at Kraft. It was um, great. We did that. Oh. Oh my God. Can I tell you my Tom Colicchio story yeah. before we get into our last three hot seat questions? All right. I don't know if I ever said this on a podcast, but whatever. Fuck it. The I was a line cook at the time. And you know, you you're kind of trying to get out of a situation. You want to go on trails to other places and but you had, you can't lose your job. Like I wasn't sitting on a mountain of cash where I can go chill for a couple of weeks. So I had to like, so I had gone on a trail at a place and I had had my resume in at, at, um, craft. And, uh, this was probably like 2003, 2004. And the day before I had gone on a trail, didn't like it. So I hear from craft the next day and they're like, can you come in tomorrow and trail? And I'm like, Oh, fuck. You know, yeah, I already yeah, had yeah. my fake yeah. dentist appointment yesterday. Right, I right. can't do it again tomorrow. Uh, and I kind of like, 
he, whoever I was talking to, I was like hemming and hoing the guy. I was like, how about next week? This guy and the guy was hemming and hoing. Tom Clicchio grabbed the phone, right? Because like, I guess then he was hands-on in the kitchen doing whatever. And he's like, do you fucking want to work here or not? <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I was like. Yeah, and I think I just hung up because I was like, fuck, dude. I was like working in the kitchen. I was had trailed yesterday, so things were all like fucked up from today for that day. Like things weren't right. I wanted to work at Kraft. It was like a cool place at the time. And then I was like, can't forget it. But yeah, that's my every time I see him on TV, I think about that guy. But it's true. It's, like, fuck you, kid. You it's great. Or not? You know, and, and I uh yeah. I love it. You know, as simple as much as you can take things to just a binary plus or minus, yes or no, one or zero, thumbs up, thumbs down. We know, right? We try to analyze it. We try to figure it out. We know. Just go with the goddamn answer and stop wasting time. Yeah. He had a great line to me yeah, when we were opening exactly. up craft out here, which is no one's dying on the operating table. So, you know, it was two good things. And one, it was, it was really, he was very popular as a celebrity at that point. And he was like, I know I'm, I'm popular here, but... I'm a cook. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a restaurant guy. I'm not a douchey. Like, please be cool. You represent me. We're not some high end celebrity place. Like, we're pumping out high end food. This is a good experience. Just, just be cool with people. And I was, I dug that. Oh, yeah, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> just be cool with people. Um, that's interesting. All right, man. I feel like yeah, we could talk forever, but I, I gotta hit you with our last three questions so we can all get around to uh, there. It is. Our day jobs, right? So there. So let's see. What are my questions? I forget there. Okay. You and I are we're backpacking somewhere in Europe, or we're traveling somewhere, and we get separated, and our phones die. But I gotta find you. We gotta get back to the airport. What type of establishment am I most most likely to find you in? What type of restaurant, bar, coffee shop? Like, well, where where am I gonna? If I got to look, where am I most likely to, to see you sitting there like, oh, come on, let's go? As long as it's after 10, because I'll be doing coffee or something, I, I would say uh, a wine bar uh, with a great happy hour. And so, because if they're a wine bar with a great happy hour, chances are uh, they're just going to have a good, you know, snacks, cheese, salumi, charcuterie. I, I, yeah. I just, give me That's salty, it. sweet, yeah. smoky. Parmesan, give me and yeah. a little wine, and I just want to sit there. And I don't care if we're inside, we're at a corner, we're at the bar, we're outside, we're sitting on the curb. I don't care. That's where you're gonna find me. Yeah. You what? Okay. <laughs> um, in that vein, what is your favorite restaurant in LA? Like, um, that's fantastic. I think AOC's got a great vibe. Um, I think. Uh, Marvin's a great one. Maud is a cool one. Ah, um, Stanley's Wet Goods is a great, no BS. You'll you'll get your um, you'll get your your just awesome pours. Staff's really cool. They know what they're talking about, mm. um, and really good glasses. So that's that's it. And we go up to um, I love going up to the Central Coast. Um, outside Santa Barbara. And there's some really cool spots in, around there too. So a couple, couple selections for you there. Yeah, really? All right, fair. Okay, last question. You can have dinner 
with any three people in history. Anyone from Bugs Bunny, Jesus Christ, everyone in between. We're live, dead, fictional, not. Who are the three people? And so I did think about this one because I knew, I, I knew this question was coming because, you know. Well, I mean, oh. do you want to know you're working with people who, who listen to Close Monday? And uh, so. I do. Um, I do. And Benny Hanna is where I'm eating. That's the restaurant. Well, that's the restaurant? Side note, yeah. did you know that his yeah. son is Tadeoki? Yeah, wow. from the documentary. I am, I love, yeah. you will find me at the, at the greatest, you will find me right at, uh, 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 right craft or, or Chris Cosentino, incredible chef, right? And you'll find me at Olive Garden and you'll find me at the greatest Korean barbecue around the corner. And you're going to find me at Benihana, which is I, I, and I'm, you know, and it's just, that's it. So you're going to find me. Yeah, no, absolutely. That ginger, that ginger dressing just changed my life. Um, Benihana. Uh, so, so I was thinking about Ben Franklin because he's just an interesting guy. We're going to, he's just debaucherous enough that we're going to have fun. Um, he's obviously incredibly intelligent and can tell us some great stories. Um, Barack Obama, uh, does he? He comes up a lot. You know, if I was going to pick, yeah. Yeah. If I was going to pick one president, it used to be, Bill Clinton to a degree, but Obama's just so cool. Um, and I want to hear him kind of shoot the shit with Ben Franklin and that. And then not that I listened to, I used to listen to the music a bunch, but he popped up the other day and it made me think he would just be a great addition, uh, Jerry Garcia. And I just think mm. the three and the four of us would be just the right amount of human political, artistic, I don't know, you know, not to sound douchey with that, but while eating at fucking Benihana. So if I don't want to listen to him, I'm going to focus on the mustard sauce and the dressing. <laughs> but you also all, yeah, like you all it's get great. Too. You get the it's great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Ben Franklin, buddy. I mean, he would definitely, yeah. he might be the, the drunk one. Like you're messing up everyone's vibe, but you know, uh, we'll totally make it work. And, and it's funny, right? Some um, people, right. Do you choose your family? Sure. Like for my third, I was going to put my husband, but he, he just, yeah. he, he would drain the, he wouldn't be as excited about the conversation. You're out. Jerry's in. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry yeah. Garcia is here. You got to understand. Yeah. yeah. You got to dinner with him all the time. I'm sure. But Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Maybe night over night. Bob Weir. I'd take you. Yeah. Sorry not to get too geeky on. Again, I'm not. <laughs> he's, he's, on he's on the bench. bench. All right. Fair enough. Um, so what, you said you have a book coming out. What's next? Where yeah. People get a hold so, of you? Um, yeah. Uh, Lay it on me. Jason Berkowitz, LinkedIn. Uh, Jason D. Berkowitz, I think it is. I love it on there. Um, JD Burke, uh, David. What does a D stand for? Jason David Berkowitz. Okay. Um, used to get fun son of Sam jokes growing up. Never was really that fun. That was a rough one. Uh, and so I was coming in from actually customs into New York once and he's looking at my license going back and forth. I go, come on, man, just let me, let me go. What is this? The playground. Um, and so there JD Burko are my handles. Otherwise starting to, you know, our friend, Sean Walchef, 
who I know you, you, you called him out and we, and we, yep. yeah, incredible guy. Yeah. And these, these, he's yeah. really good at, at both leading from the front and pushing from the back to get us to, to be more public and present. So on these clubhouse that, that we jump in on, I'm doing more posts yeah. for both the personal brand, which is we're all a little fucked up and, and just sort of finding tools of disarming and, and working together. And then on the professional side, um, check out arrow up training and Jason at arrowuptraining.com And let me know, uh, let me know if you're an independent restaurant, what, what, what do you want, right? We're making content. What do people want? And then if you're a growing brand, you should get in touch with us. Cause we're, we're going to, we're going to head it off at the pass for you. Yeah. That's amazing. Awesome dude. Well, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we're gonna have to get that omakase. I don't know if you you had any plans to come to New York anytime soon. Or yeah, not or not. I missed this InsureTech conference this month, but uh, um, there's there's a there's a couple of gigs that are that are brewing. We'll see if they work. That I'll be coming to New York. That'll be fun. Again, I, I'll keep my hands in the in the consulting here and there, just just so I'm not BSing and I know what I'm talking about. So yeah, you're definitely your phone's ringing yeah, if I'm yeah. coming. So that'll be fine. Let me know. Let me know. Um, all right, dude. Well, have a great day. And um, thanks for the time. Thanks. For Good the time. chatting. <laughs> all right. Let's see. We'll leave. Oh, yeah.